You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. This episode of Oh Behave is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audiblepodcast.com forward slash behave. Over 75,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. It's Oh Behave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Renton, Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. It's time to unleash your imagination and open your heart. And here to help us is one amazing actor and animal advocate, Broadway star John Tartaglia. Hey, welcome to the show, John. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad you know, to be as here. A, I'm great you're here. As a puppeteer on the Broadway Smash Avenue Q, you really know how to pull some strings, but now you're here to pull some heartstrings and discuss your role with the World Society for the Protection of Animals. And bonus, listeners, you've got to tune in very carefully. Perk up those ears because we're going to get a couple of guest drop-ins from who, like John, are helping better the lives of animals all over the globe. Who are they? I can't tell you. You've got to listen to the show. So we're going to learn about life on Broadway with John, how he shares his home with a couple of cool canines named Dora and Parker, and more right after we pay for the show by taking a commercial break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. Oh, behave. We'll be right back. Hey, boy. How you doing? What am I doing? I'm creating your own life book. It's a website that's just for you. Remember that picture I took of you pulling off Lisa's bathing suit? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Me too. I'm putting that awesome picture on your life book page. We'll see what comments we get. And that great video we took of you standing on the table with your head inside the turkey? That's definitely going on there. No, it's easy. It only took me two minutes to set up your page. I chose a great theme, and I can connect with millions of other pet parents. I can also create a memorial life book. No, not for Grandma, but we can make one for Fluffy, remember her? And we can even put links to our favorite pet charity, and friends can make donations. People can create their own life book for their pets by going to PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com or they can sign up on the Pet Life Radio homepage. Where's Lisa? She's outside by the pool. Hey, come back here. (coughs) Create your own life book for your pet. PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting Muttropolis, the sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Join us each week for Pets in the City. 
with your host, Diane West. Celebrity pet sightings, hot events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So take a bite out of the Big Apple with Pets in the City every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now, back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the O Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest in the house is John Tartaglia. Hey, John, I'm looking at your bio, and I think there's not enough time on the show to go through everything you do. You act, you sing, you're a master puppeteer, and gosh darn it, you dig dogs, right? I sure do. I sure do. Thank you for having me on. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, tell us a little bit. Let's go to the canines in your heart. You've got a couple of Cocker Spaniels named Dora and Parker, and how in the heck did you guys hook up? Well, uh, Dora, we got down in Asheville, North Carolina about four years ago, and um, she's just a dream. She needed a place to live. She was up for uh, being rescued, and we rescued her, and she just kind of fell into our heart. But I had never had a Cocker Spaniel before, and I've heard so many wonderful things about them and their nature um, and how they are with, with humans, and I just, I just couldn't believe how loving she was. And then Parker, um, about a year ago, there's a wonderful charity that happens once a year called Broadway Barks here in the Broadway community, which is where all the Broadway performers and all the Broadway shows get together and basically raise awareness and money for animals and shelters. And Parker, uh, you know, I, we promised ourselves that we weren't going to adopt another dog because at the time we weren't sure if we, we, we wanted to, we could, we just didn't know. And we were at probably Barks and uh, Parker was there and he is a, he's also a rescue dog and he had been born with hip displacement. Oh, and wow. uh, yeah, as a puppy, a lot of pain. And I guess his previous owner had um, taken care of him as much as they could, but he was in so much pain, required so much treatment that they had given him up. And um, so luckily, a very, very kind-hearted vet or doctor took him in and paid for a very expensive surgery themselves and performed it themselves. And um, basically what they did was they, they took out his hip joints, and so now his oh legs gosh. are free-floating. The only thing that holds his legs to his hips are muscle and scar tissue. So he, he took like eight months of recovery, and, and I mean, you know, anyone who was going to adopt this dog needed to have the right um, demeanor and the right time and the right love to take care of him. And we saw him there at Broadway Barks, and we just fell in love with him. He would just had the, the most wonderful, for a dog that went through so much pain and so much trauma, being born with what he was born with, and, and of course going through surgery and recovery, I mean, you think that that would really kind of scar a dog, and he was so full of love and so sweet. So uh, my partner and I saw him and took him in, and that was the end of it. We just completely fell in love with him, and he's been the most amazing addition to our home and to our family. So we've had him for about a year now, so we, we just, oh you know, gosh. we could we couldn't resist. <laughs> well, you know what? You made the right call there, John. And and how is uh, how too. is Parker with Dora? Are they pretty good? You know, it was funny because we really were a little 
unsure because Dora, for, for all intents and purposes, was the princess of the household. You know, she's certainly got the most attention, and, and but she's always been kind of motherly. And what we watched was it took them about two weeks to really get to know each other, but she went from being a little jealous of him to starting to actually take care of him. And uh, they've kind of settled into this wonderful brother-sister relationship now, which is really kind of amazing. So, you know, I know people always ask, you know, if I have a dog, should I get another one? What do you think? And I, I do think it probably depends on your dog and its demeanor and how well you know the dog. But from our experience, it's actually been a wonderful thing to watch this kind of little relationship grow between the two of them. And now they're kind of inseparable. You know, I'm picturing a couple of Cocker Spaniels with a bowl full of spaghetti noodles, kind of like Lady and the Tramp here. I don't know. Could happen, right? <laughs> well, I don't know if they'd say it was that good. But it, was, it certainly, they, like a brother and sister, they, they, they love okay. each other and, they, they, and the times they tolerate each other. <laughs> All right. Well, they do give you a lot of love and they give you a lot of laughter. And to me, those are pretty good uh, free medicines these days, you know? Absolutely. And I mean, you know, for me, it, it's just, you know, it's so cliche to say it, but everything that people say about animals and how they calm you and they just you know they they really do they you know you come home and they're always there for you and there's something just so wonderful about that it's kind of irreplaceable well you're kind of an unusual performer in the fact that uh, you get nominated for a, a tony by being behind the stage if you will when you took on the role of princeton and rod and avenue q so congratulations first for being nominated for a tony award for best actor in a musical that's not everybody gets that Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you. But it's kind of like people don't see you because you're behind the scenes. The funny thing about having Q was, was, you know, because both myself and the puppet were on stage together, you know, you almost, you got to decide which performance you were, you were going to watch and which one you were going to focus on, <laughs> which I think was kind of part of, the, I guess, the charm of the show was some people only wanted to watch the puppet's work and some people wanted to watch my facial expressions and my work. So I think it's, it's you know, it was definitely, I guess, a dual nomination for, <laughs> for some of the work that the puppet characters did too, but yeah. Were you one of these kids that just was watching, you know, Pinocchio nonstop as a kid? I mean, how did you get involved in puppeteering and, and working on Sesame Street. That's, I think, you, what, you got on at age 16? Yeah, I, I, was, I grew up acting. I come from a showbiz family. My, my mother and my father and my stepmother are all involved in performing or the arts. And so I grew up kind of, you know, loving theater, loving being backstage, loving that whole world. And when I discovered the Muppets when I was about six or seven, I, I completely fell in love with them. Not so much that they were puppets, which I definitely liked, but it was the fact that doing puppetry and being a puppeteer allows you to do so many different characters and voices, which is something I love to do. You know, I was always the kid who was doing funny voices to make my mom laugh or, you know, pretending to be characters and things like that. So puppetry allows you to do that. And I think that that's what I latched onto was the kind of the ability to be anything you could dream up with a puppet on your hand. So I started very young and after a series of kind of un- incredible events, I ended up working my first day at Sesame Street when I was 16. So it was just, it's just incredible. I mean, I, I feel so, um, very lucky. I had a lot of people supporting me and believing in me. All right. You teed me up. So I got it to hear you with Ernie and uh, Oscar the Grouch. Let's hear it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, well, Oscar, I never did the voice of. I never did the voice okay. of Oscar. Well, let's but, do Ernie. Uh, Ernie. Ernie, I did for one season, and he was really fun. So, <laughs> never, 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 ever, ever as good as the originals. That was all by chance. So, you know, <laughs> well, um, where I could. No, you did that pretty good. Um, what about, you oh, want to do either Rod or Princeton from uh, Avenue Q? Well, yeah, they were very different. You know, Princeton was a, a college grad who was kind of an, an, an idiot to some degree. He was very naive. 
So he was similar to my voice, but he was a little bit more like this, and he was kind of like, you know, a little younger and kind of nerdy, and yeah. And Rod was uh, Rod was a, a uh, investment banker. Let's see, how do we describe him? A closeted Republican investment banker. So he was right. very kind of uptight and kind of very kind of uh, quiet voice that was very kind of nasal and stringent, and he was very uh, uptight. <laughs> And I had to slap <laughs> like that. So, they, you know, they were actually Nikki and Rod. Nikki was, was Rod's roommate. Was were very much lovingly based on on, on Bert and Ernie. You know, uh, not directly by any means, but you know, they were influenced by that relationship. So, yeah, it was it was so much fun to do that show. I had such a blast. No, you did that very well. I'm wondering if your dogs Dora and Parker never know who the real John is. I mean, you must be practicing <laughs> your voices at home. They certainly have gotten used to, you know, lots of different voices, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's funny because it's like, you know, you don't, I'm sure you know this too, it's, when you have an animal, you know, you, you, you speak in these voices to them like you, like you speak to a baby sometimes and you realize how silly you sound. So, you know, if anything, it's good research. Well, you're hoping that the uh, paparazzi aren't around uh, slowly, secretly <laughs> filming you and putting you then on TMZ later on, right? Very nice, very nice. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Well, we're speaking to the very multi-talented John Tartaglia. He is here to talk to us a little bit about the World Society for the Protection of Animals and what life is like on Broadway and at home with his dogs, Dora and Parker. And we're going to learn more right after we take this commercial break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash. Right after these messages. Hey, love to read, but just never seem to have enough time to sit in one place long enough? For all of us on-the-go people, Audible has the answer. Best-selling audiobooks for your iPod or MP3 player. For Pet Life Radio listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. Choose from hundreds of today's bestsellers, including awesome pet books, such as Bad Dogs Have More Fun by Marley and Me author John Grogan, Love That Cat by Ingrid Newkirk, It's Okay to Miss the Bed on the First Jump, and Other Life Lessons I Learned from Dogs by Seinfeld's John O'Hurley, and many, many more. To download your free audiobook today, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash behave. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com forward slash behave for your free audiobook. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com. 
Aquariums and pond keeping are among the most popular of all hobbies in the United States and throughout the world. In fact, fish are probably the most numerous pet in people's homes and in their businesses. In Aquarium Mania, we'll learn more about the secret and not-so-secret life of fish and other inhabitants, the basics of good aquarium keeping, the complexities of the aquarium industry, and the science and art that surround this fascinating hobby. I'm your host, Roy Anong, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. Aquarium Mania. Every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, I'm Leona Lewis, and there are lots of things that matter to me, my family, friends, and my music. But like so many of you, I'm an animal lover too, and their welfare also matters to me. I support the World Society for the Protection of Animals, WSPA, because they are trying to end some of the most appalling acts of animal cruelty in the world. From bears forced to fight and dance for entertainment, to dogs, our closest companions, shot, poisoned, and left to die, WSBA is committed to ending animal cruelty everywhere, and we can all help. Many years ago, I promised that I'd do all I could to care for animals. Now I make careful choices like the food I eat and the things I buy. One reason animals are so vulnerable to cruelty is because there is no universal agreement between nations that animals can suffer and feel pain. Imagine, your support could inspire world leaders, inspire them to recognize that animals suffer and need greater protection, inspire them to achieve this by strengthening laws and putting into place stronger protection. The campaign for a universal declaration on animal welfare could be the beginning of the end for animal cruelty across the world. It's up to you to give these animals a voice and stop the cruelty and neglect right now. Thank you. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Landers of Dallas Fame. You have got to listen to Arden Moore on OBK on PetLifeRadio.com. Bringing together pets, people, and more. It's true and it's fun. <laughs> We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to OBK. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I am delighted to have John Tartaglia in the house. He is the man of many voices, and he has one good focus, and that is to help pets and animals all over this planet. I mean, let's talk a little bit about what's going on with the World Society for the Protection of Animals. I saw your nice little PSA on their homepage, www.wspa. Hyphen USA.org. Did I get that right? <laughs> I think that's right, yes. Okay, so let's talk about how you hooked up with this group. It was brought to my attention by um, a good friend of mine named Rhodey, and she has worked with them for a long time and mentioned that they were interested in having me be a spokesperson for them, which I was so incredibly flattered by. And, um, you know, I started doing a little bit of research on their, on their mission and what they stand for, and I, I was just so taken by it. And I think that, you know, it sounds so obvious, but, you know, we, we as humans have to 
speak out for those who can't speak, who are the animals. And I think that, you know, in this day of, I don't know, mass industry and, and uh, world population being, you know, so out of control and everything else, you know, these poor animals are, are losing their homes, losing their, being treated awfully in many ways. And I think just any, any kind of animal cruelty is, is unacceptable. So everything the, the Society of the Protection of Animals does, I think, is, is just incredible. And I wanted to be able to lend my voice to them. And I'm, I'm honored that they wanted me to do so. I think they picked a perfect person for that. And, you know, I mean, I'm checking on the site. You guys got more than a thousand different animal welfare organizations on board from like 150 countries. And it's been something quietly going on for a quarter century. But I think getting you involved is really going to bring it more to the forefront. Well, I think it's, thank you. I think what's wonderful is that it, you know, we're all from different walks of the entertainment industry helping to represent, you know. So you have Simon Cowell, you have Leona Lewis, you know, of course representing, you know, the pop world and the music world and Hollywood. And then hopefully my, I can represent my corner of of the world, which is the Broadway world and um, children's television and, you know, it's just saying that we're all from different walks of life, maybe, but we all believe in the same thing, which is, you know, just to protect these animals. You know, that's good timing, John. In fact, uh, I think Simon Cowell is here to talk to us a little bit about the campaign with the World Society for the Protection of Animals. It's called Animals Matter to Me. Simon, glad to have you here. Talk a little bit about what has happened to you to make you be part of this campaign. I remember one particular day I was having the worst, I thought, day of my life. Everything had gone wrong. I was depressed, sad, and I went home, and there waiting up for me was my pet dog. And he jumped up, licked my face, was happy to see me, and everything was happy again. That's my favorite story about a dog. It's boring, but it's true. When I was growing up, uh, we had pets, um, and I got to, at an early age, to understand that you have to respect animals. People saying that animals don't feel pain, don't suffer, trust me, is complete and utter rubbish. If you mistreat an animal, it will be distressed and they feel pain like we do. I think where we are in the world today, I think animals deserve more protection. I don't understand how anybody can get pleasure from hunting or killing animals. I totally do not understand it. I think we've gone beyond that and I think there should be more international laws. The only way you can influence governments is by you showing that you care. Uh, And if you care and you tell somebody else, you start to create a movement. If you keep quiet about it, governments ignore you. So you just have to raise a voice and it doesn't take much to do that. Please visit the site to show your support. It really will make a difference. And thank you. That's very well put, Simon. I thank you for coming here and stopping by and sharing this very important message. Our special guest today is also uh, John Tartaglia. He is the spokesperson for the World Society for the Protection of Animals. You got quite a lineup with Simon Cowell and others. And it's not just the dogs and the cats. You guys are going to help out wildlife and things like that, correct? Farm animals. I mean, you're covering the whole gamut. Absolutely. And, you know, it's surprising to see how many things are, are going on that we don't know about and how many incredibly, you know, inconceivable, cruel things are happening to these animals around the world that, you know, because of, you know, their lack of media attention or, you know, there's a better news story to cover aren't getting out there. And, you know, I think anything we can do to, to help to raise people's awareness and, to, you know, to help encourage people to want to be a part of, of that protection is, is vital. 
I think we need to give all these animals their own, you know, smartphones so they can be, and opposable thumbs, so they can be texting us when they're in trouble. What do you think? It would be a lot easier if it was that easy, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I I got something from Burma coming in, coming in. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. A giraffe in Schenectady is texting me or something, yeah. That's right, but I, I do think you are making the world a more connected place. And, you know, we need animals. Sorry, folks, without the animals, we really don't exist. Yeah, and I think that, you know, we're we're lucky enough to be the ones who can speak and the ones who can make a difference and actually get something. So if we're going to be at the top of the food chain, we need to do something about our responsibility on the way down. So I, I think it's important. Okay, so now what's up next? Are you speaking anywhere or are you working on the web? What's kind of your role with the WSPA? Uh, well, I'm just here to be the spokesperson where I can. So, you know, our videos are up at the website, as you spoke of, and um, hopefully I'll be doing a lot more work with them as much as I can. No, I think that's great. Uh, we all give you a pause up for that one, John. And and Thank also, you. John, I want to ask you, i got to ask you, man, and somehow in between trying to sleep and feed yourself and take care of Dora and Parker, you come up with this amazing live musical adventure. It's called ImagineOceanTheMusical.com. And I was listening to some praise coming to you from... Uh, I guess he's a, a reporter out of City Life, uh, Stuart Lewis, and I have to give the man oh. the, his due. He said, when describing what you've created, he said, think Sesame Street meets the Muppets at the bottom of the sea. And I'm thinking, what a great image. You <laughs> Tell us a little bit about Imagine Ocean, the musical, because it looks like a delight for kids and people who have kids inside them of all ages. Well, it actually started as a show I created originally for Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines. And, oh, okay. um, yeah, and uh, they wanted a, a musical for kids that um, took place under the sea. And the idea came to me to use backlight puppetry, which I don't know if you know what that is, but it's basically uh, puppets that are made with fluorescent and, and glow-in-the-dark material that are lit only with blacklights, and the puppeteers and the sets are all black. So basically oh. it looks like the puppets are free-floating, which is uh-huh. amazing for, for an under-the-sea show because it looks like these fish are really swimming. So this idea came, and then the opportunity came to take it to off-Broadway, to New World Stages. Um, which is an amazing off-Broadway theater complex here in New York City. And we've been there ever since. We opened March 31st, and it's, it's basically it's an hour-long show for families, and it takes place under the sea. It's about three fish friends, Dorsal, Bubbles, and Tank, who are best friends, and they find this treasure map, and it takes them on a journey through the ocean uh, to find this treasure. And along the way, they meet jellyfish, they meet um, an octopus who's very sweet named Leonard, and they you know, get caught in currents, and, and uh, there's a, a huge imagination number with, with um, LED lights and fiber optics and everything like that. And basically, at the end, they finally get to the treasure, and they find that there is no actual treasure, but the real treasure was their adventure along the way with each other. So it's a oh really sweet gosh. show. And uh, it's definitely got that kind of, you know, multi-leveled humor that the Muppets always did so well. So, you know, my goal was to write a show that definitely appealed, of course, to preschoolers, but also to parents, too. So the parents were pulling their hair out going, what can I get out of here? Um, <laughs> and it's got That's this good. amazing original score by William Ways, who's an amazing composer. So it's, it's been so much fun. I'm, I'm having a blast doing it. And, um, yeah, if you're in New York City, please come check it out. It's, it's a lot of fun. Tell how they get tickets. Yeah, we need to help. We need to pack the house, John. That's right. Pack the house with animal lovers. Uh, you can get tickets by going to www.imagineoceanmusical.com. And that's imagineocean, M-I-A-G-I-N-O-C-E-A-N, musical.com. That sounds perfect. And you've been doing this since March, huh? Since March 31st. And 
it's been it's been amazing. You know, for me, it's a show. I've, I've been lucky enough to be in a lot of shows, and having done my TV show, I've been able to you know be part of that. But to to write a show and to have created it and to see kids going in every day and watching it is just so rewarding. And you know, hopefully, it'll make them aquatic animal lovers, which is you know a, another important thing to be aware of is, is the sea. So you know. Well, you you take on a lot of roles. I mean, I'm looking at your bio in Magic Mirror and Shrek the Musical. I love the Magic Mirror. How'd you like that <laughs> role? That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. I actually, I was it was a dual role. I played uh, the Magic Mirror and Pinocchio. It was a blast. You know, I mean, that movie is the movies are so much fun, and I got to help kind of develop the character from almost the beginning of the process. So, you know, to to be part of of anything that is on Broadway is amazing, but to be able to kind of create a role on Broadway is the most amazing thing in the world. So. You know, it was fun. Pinocchio was, was, you know, he's such a little, you know, troublemaker. And the magic leader was <laughs> the sarcastic kind of game show guy. So I, I had a blast. It was really fun. You've also been in Wicked, correct? Maybe the show you're thinking of is I was in Beauty and the Beast. Oh, that's Maybe right. That's For Luminaire, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. That's All right. right. That's right. All right. See, I'm, I'm getting there, man. I'm, I'm working it. I'm working it. How <laughs> it's okay. Plan it's okay. Roles? I know you're very talented and all that, but I mean, do people just kind of tap you on the shoulder? For all those aspiring Broadway actors out there, how do you make it? How do you, how do you, you know, start? There's, there's, no, there's no right or wrong way. Everyone has a different path, you know? I mean, for me, I was pounding the event ever since I was, I was, I moved here at 18. And, um, you know, some people landed that way. For me, you know, I, I was lucky enough, to, of course, to, as we talked about, to work on Sesame Street. And because of that, that drew the attention of the creators of Avenue Q. And that's what kind of led me to doing Avenue Q. And then from there, that kind of spiraled the rest of my career from Beauty and the Beast to, to Shrek and everything else. Um, but there's different paths. And I think that, you know, the one thing I always tell people is you have to just believe in what you do and and you know i know that it's another cliche thing to say but you you have to you can't let anyone stop you in your path and you know i think i think this applies to any business in any way any career any interest people have but it's always going to be someone there who's going to tell you you're not good enough or you know you can't do this or you shouldn't do this or or what have you and i think if you if you believe in something enough and you want it bad enough and you are willing to make the effort to get there, you can do anything. And so I, I just always tell people that, that, you know, don't don't try to go off a formula. Don't try to let anyone tell you otherwise. You just have to trust yourself. But I do think that applies to anything, you know, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're an actor, whether you're a clown, whether you're an investment banker. It, it, it just depends on what you love, and you have to follow that. You know, I, you put that really well. And I think the other thing is, you know, with Broadway, you build on your successes, so you show up on time for your deals, and I mean, that has some merit, too. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's funny how much, how, you know, in some ways, uh, regular business and corporate business couldn't be more different from Broadway, and in many ways, it's the same thing. Some of the same principles apply as far as the way you treat people, as far as the way you keep your appointments. You know, it's the same dedication you have to make to showing up for an interview is the same dedication you have to make to showing up for an audition. It's the same principle. It's just a different format. Okay, well, that sounds good. Now, what's up next? I know you you have you're doing this with the uh, you're working with the World Society for the Protection of Animals. You've got your Imagine Ocean, the musical going on. Anything right. you can tease us with that you might be uh, doing coming up in the next year, so we can take a look for you. Well, I can't talk about a lot of it, but uh, definitely developing another role in a new Broadway musical and launching a few other versions of Imagine Ocean. Oh, cool. And, uh, work, yeah, working on some new TV stuff. So it's, it's all kind of in the hopper. There's a lot of stuff getting ready to happen. So <laughs> I wish I could talk more about it. But, uh, you know, it's all, it's all good stuff, all good stuff. 
Well, your lips are sealed. I was going to try to be your puppeteer and try to get you to talk, but I don't think I'm going to be able to see the radio. I've been tra- I've been trained well. I've been trained well. <laughs> now, do Dora and Parker, your dogs, ever get a chance to to do any drop-ins while you're rehearsing, or kind of go with you sometimes out and about? They um, funny. I've done a lot of outdoor stuff for the show, for Imagination to promote it and stuff like that. It's funny every now and then um, my partner will show up with them, and it's so funny to, to see. You know, they, I have no idea what I'm doing. I think they're completely confused to why Daddy's standing there with a the microphone singing or performing. But they're definitely our biggest, fan, <laughs> my biggest fan. They, uh, we we have a beautiful home up in the country that we take them to a lot, and um, uh-huh. you know, oftentimes. Our backyard is where, you know, things are built or, or created or made. And, you know, they're always kind of curious, like, what, what's all this puppet stuff? You could tell that they're a little freaked out by it. But they, they uh, you know, I like to think that they're supportive. Yeah, well, hopefully they don't leave their calling card mark, um, you know, while you're working on the set or anything. <laughs> I know. That's always one of my biggest fears. I'm like, clean it up, clean it up. <laughs> Well, um, I am very happy that you've been a guest on our show. We're speaking with John Tartaglia. You guys know him. He has been a master Muppeteer. He's been on Avenue Q. He has an amazing musical for kids of all ages. you got to go check out ImagineOceanTheMusical.com. It's I-M-A-G-I-N-O-C-E-A-N, TheMusical.com. Skip the E at the end of Imagine. He's doing that's that right. to be imaginative, right, John? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You got to change it up a little bit. That's right. That's right. And he's doing a lot of great things for not only dogs and cats, but wildlife and critters all over the planet as the spokesperson for the World Society for the Protection of Animals. And, John, how do we get to that site? You go to, well, you said it earlier. Now you're going to put me on the spot, uh, Okay, <laughs> I'll up, man. It's WSPA-USA.org. And I really think that's commendable what you're doing. And definitely when I'm back in the Big Apple, I'm going to go check out your Imagine Ocean, the musical, and see where you're going to be starring in Broadway somewhere. Because you can't tell us right now, but I will find you, John Tartaglia. Yeah, you're, and you're I dedicated will applaud you. I will applaud you. I will applaud you. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. And please come please see the show. I'd love to have you there. All right, and uh, thank you again for being a guest. And I also want at this time to thank my cool producer, Mark Winter. He makes this show happen each and every week. So this is your host, your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's Oh, Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, this is the place for a special paparazzi treat. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.